Yo, yo, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to Inside the Mind of Marcus Martez, Season 1, Episode 12. Today I'm coming at you with what's been happening in the news lately. We got the Jacob Blake shooting, Trump, he acting a fool. We got the elections coming up, we got the NBA playoffs, and I got to talk about the loss of the Black Panther. I got lots to talk about. So I'm coming at you real, raw, and ready. Inside the mind of Marcus Martez starts now. I am starting this podcast off with some news. Not too great of news. But past week we lost the Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman. Passed away at the age of 42 from a four-year battle with colon cancer. Crazy, uh, crazy. Uh, Bozeman starred uh, in films and played roles of some some key black figures. He had James Brown in Get On Up. Uh, He was Jackie Robinson in 42. Um, He recently just starred in Spike Lee's uh, The Five Bloods. But we all know him from Marvel's Black Panther. And what's so amazing about, there's really nothing amazing about him passing, but what's so amazing about his story is that his inner circle never said anything about what he was dealing with for four years. And you got to think, all the movies he was cranking out, look at his Marvel list, uh, Civil War, Black Panther, Infinity War. Endgame. Man, right before I found out he passed away, I was watching Infinity War. I probably have watched in, 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 uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Like, I watched them back to back. Uh, I probably watched both movies 20 times this summer. At least once every five days or something like that. It's crazy. Because Infinity War is my movie. I'm telling you, the best part of every the best part of the best part of not only in Infinity War but my favorite movie scene of all time comes from Infinity War. At the end, at the nigga ready to fight the, the battle in Wakanda, and about to open up the gate, let Thanos little armor in, and then then that's the part of the movie, the music playing. Da, 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 da. And then the Black Panther comes up. Wakanda forever! And then they all start rushing towards Thanos army. Oh my god. That's that's my uh that's my favorite part of the movie. I, I don't know if I can watch it now, because I might start crying. Because I'm sad. We lost the Black Panther. Man, it's been a tough year for black folks, man. We lost the Black Mamba. We lost the Black Panther. We fighting for black lives. Sheesh. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Black Panther. We will miss you, dog. A couple days after the passing of uh, Chadwick Boseman, we lost a coaching icon, John Thompson, uh, the first black coach to win an NCAA championship. He passed away as well. Um, this uh, last week, 
Um, he's a three-time Big East Coach of the Year, and he coached Hall of Famers. Um, not Hall of Famers. He was a Hall of Famer coach who coached uh, NBA greats like um, Patrick Ewing, Alonzo Mourning, Dikembe Mutombo, and the great Allen Iverson. So rest in peace, Coach. Let's go, Hoyas. Speaking of basketball, the NBA playoffs is what's happening now. Second round of playoffs is just underway. Uh, Lakers and the Rockets matching up. You got the Clippers and the Nuggets. You got the Miami Heat two games up on the Milwaukee Bucks. Jimmy Buckets is killing them. So, yeah, we got that. And then, you know, you got them raps. Hey, I'm a Pacer fan first. But my second team, I'm a Raptors fan. I like the, I like, I've been up here in Toronto for a few. I mean, I've been up here in Canada for a, a good little bit. And they, I, I would say they've grown on me. At first, I was like, nah, Raptors, sorry. Because I had that American bias, you know, like, you know, American teams are. You know, we're the best, but up here, Canada, you just see the routes be balling out. You're like, okay, uh, they can ball, but like in the, those sport, the sports shows, not only can they ball, they, they, they play that underdog role. Cause they'll never, they never be getting no love. Cause like I'll be watching the sports shows in the States, you know, first take ESPN, you know, Shannon and Skip on the, um, they talk show. But all the sports, the, the the analysts and all they they never be giving no the raps no love except Jalen Rose he be he be giving raps some love but nobody really be talking about the raps. But I'm telling you they can ball. And then the other night, oh gee, oh my, y'all see that shot? OG Anobi hit. Oh, it was t- I watched it like thirty times. Oh, gee. But check this out, though. Check this out. I, he, he hit one hell of a shot. But that Kyle Lowry pass was on point. I'm sorry. People need to. Uh, I ain't trying to take none away from the, the shot, like I said. But Kyle Lowry, six foot, had the soccer style inbound the pass over 7'5". What's that dude's name? Taco Meat? I don't know his name. Taco something. He's 7'5". So, cross court. Ball. You know, he threw it soccer style in. Over Taco. 7'5". Cross court. And it landed right. The ball landed right where OG's hands were. Like, if you if you know ball, you're ready to shoot. You got to have your the ball in front of you. And, um, but the ball, when the ball landed in his hands, he didn't have to like move his hands. The ball landed perfectly. So all he had to do was catch quickly, square his feet and shoot. They had 0.5 seconds. He had 0.5 seconds to shoot the ball. That's nothing. He, he caught, shoot, caught, shoot, but the pass was so perfect. I give Kyle Lowry some, some credit on that. Yeah, well, that was. I didn't used to be a Kyle Lowry fan, but uh, I have to say, over the last couple years, he has stepped up. He has even the series. I'm sure he's having. He's uh, I think uh, the game three, he had 31 points in that key pass. So uh, Kyle Lowry, he's kind of grown on me. So yeah, 
the raps they won so they down 2-1 to boston they can pull it out man uh you know van fleet he 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 balling i like powell siakam he got a, i don't know what's going on with siakam right now but if siakam can go can be siakam of old the raps gonna pull it off they're gonna pull it off but yeah and if you are wondering since I you know, like I said, I am a Pacer fan. And if you are wondering where my Pacers at, they ass got swept. They got swept by the Miami Miami Heat. <sighs> yep, that makes uh, nine consecutive playoff games that they lost. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know. I mean, T.J. Warren, he started off hot, then he disappeared. I don't know if it's because we ain't at full strength. And I don't know if Oladipo. I don't know if he's actually fully healthy. We lost the bonus. He's out for the season. So, I don't know. So, we got swept for the second time in two seasons. And the Pacers fired their coach, Nate McMillan. I like McMillan. I do. He's good. He's a good coach. But, I don't know. We just Pacers. I don't know. I don't, wait till next season. But speaking of the NBA, uh, the NBA has been in the news for other reasons as well. Um, August 23rd, on August 23rd, an unarmed black man by the name of Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back by a white police officer. Uh, four days later, the Milwaukee Bucks, they boycotted their playoff game, game five uh, playoff game against them, uh, Orlando Magic. And this led to the NBA postponing uh, other games. I think they postponed three other games because of the boycotts. And the boycotts, they didn't just you know stick with the NBA. It was spread throughout the sports world. Uh, you had the NHL, Major League Soccer, WNBA. Everybody was just doing their part to just bring awareness. And you know they boycotted their games. Like man, you know this is this is wrong. But uh, your boy. Trump DT, he goes out on the record and says that the NBA is a uh, political organization, saying that uh, the NBA, the NBA players' activism, will destroy basketball. That's what Donald Trump said. But first of all, look, Donald Trump. Let, let me let me explain something to you. If you fail to realize that the NBA is a global sport. So player activism uh, is not going to hurt the NBA. What it's doing is doing what you should be have doing already, and that is bringing awareness to police brutality and bringing the end to uh, police brutality when it comes to black people. So when them kids in Africa and China and Brazil, and they all wonder why the NBA games were postponed, no, they'll find out because black folks are getting tired of being treated the way we've been treated in America. You get tired of getting shot by the police. So this NBA player that boycott the activism is it's where it is, it's where it's at. And this ain't the first time that activism has been taking place in sports. I mean, have we already forgotten Colin Kaepernick? You know, he took a knee. The world called him a son of a bitch him and other NFL players, but look, 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 look what's going on right now. 
he was, you know, we've been, player activism has been going on. You had the 1968 Olympics, Thomas Smith and John Carlos holding up their fists, representing the black power, representing the black community, represent, representing us as a people. Hey, you even go as far as Muhammad Ali. And he refused to get drafted into the army. Ali was like, why should I go fight other people when my enemy is here right here in America? He refused to go fight other people of color. So, you know, he was convicted of traffic evasion. And as a result, he lost his boxing license and his title was stripped from him. So player activism is nothing new. It's what we got to do to bring, bring out change. And, yeah, so Trump, uh, Trump, back to, you know, the Jacob Blake shooting, you know, he tried to downplay it. Uh, he didn't meet with Jacob Blake and the family when he went to visit Kenosha. Uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, that's where the shooting happened. Jacob Blake, uh, from what I saw and what I've read, you know, the police... They arrived to the house to respond to a domestic disturbance. Um, police arrived there, and so was Jacob Blake. Uh, from what I read, though, he was there as well to defuse the situation. But I don't know, but something happened. Blake and the cops, they got into it. They got the wrestling. Punches was thrown. Blake, he ended up getting tased. You know, resisting. You know, he wasn't resisting all that. I don't know how it got to that point, but you know, with Jacob Blake, he breaks free from the altercation and he had, he started to head towards his SUV. And this is all on video. Now heads towards his SUV. Uh, you see Blake opening the car door and all of a sudden you see the officer pull out his gun and shoot Blake in the back. Not one, not two, not three, but seven times one two three four five six seven pop 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 cops say there was a knife on the floor which there was it was a knife on the the driver's side the floorboard on the driver's side so i guess that was his reason for shooting them seven times because of his injuries jacob blake uh, his colon and small intestine, his small intestine were removed. Uh, damage was done to his lung, arm, and kidney. Reports say that he would be paralyzed from the waist down. And when he first got to the hospital, he was handcuffed to his bed. And that's really, that's nothing new. Cops have been handcuffing blacks to hospital beds for decades. So that's nothing new. Damn, there's 70 years as far out as far as I've read the books that I've read. Um, so yeah, you know, at the time he was shot, he had his three kids were in the back seat, and I'm like, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. I don't understand. As a black person in America, well, not really. I don't live in America anymore. I say from America. I don't understand. That doesn't happen to any other race, but I don't see it. I've never seen it. I still don't see. I don't see cops shooting any other race but blacks with the type of force and type of heartless actions towards any other race. I don't get it. But check this out. So after the shooting, 
riots took place. I think riots were they took place for three nights. So while the riots were going on, there's a 17-year-old kid. His name was Kyle Rittenhouse. He drives to Kenosha. Now I think it's about a 20-mile drive for him. Drives there. And guess what he does? He kills two people. 17-year-old white kid. It's uh, from his social media accounts and for the reports I've read, he was a Trump supporter. And also seen on his social media account, he also repped the Blue Lives Matter. So he goes to Kenosha, he kills two people. There are witnesses and everything who see it. So he's walking down the street and there's a call, there's a, there's a crowd of people behind him yelling, he just killed someone. He just killed someone. And who is the crowd yelling to? The police. And what they do? Nothing. Here's the police letting a 17-year-old kid, white kid, walk around with an AR-15 over his shoulder, which he possessed illegally. He walked, he, this kid walked right past the police and they ain't say nothing to him. So when black folks read this, we're like, what the fuck? What? We don't get it. Because let there be some black kid walking around with a semi-automatic gun passing police. Man, please. Pop, pop. You know, forget seven times. Pfft, who knows how many times they'll overfire. But y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Y'all, y'all get where we just don't understand. We need, I need, maybe y'all can help me. I need clarification on why stuff like this is allowed to happen. I, I don't understand. Further reading, then you got Brian Erlacher, former Chicago Bear linebacker Hall of Famer, goes on social media, and this is what he says. Brett Favre played a Monday night football game the day his dad died. Threw four touchdowns in the first half. Was a legend for playing the first half. NBA players boycott playoffs because some dude reaching for his knife one on the felony sexual assault warrant was shot by police. End quote, Brian Erlacher. Okay, so first of all, Jacob Blake is not a fool. You do not know that man to be calling him like that. And what does having a past have to do with being shot in the back seven times? But then, check this out, he goes on social media and Instagram uh, Instagram post that this, the, the, Kyle Kilton, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse kid posted. And he likes one of his posts. And in his post, he's holding the gun saying Blue Lives Matter and Brian Erlacher likes this post. I don't get it. Like what he said, what he said though, like it it doesn't surprise me. And from experience, what I've been through in life, that's how the white privilege think. They see a black man get shot by police, and they say, "Hey, he's a thug. He was a criminal. He had a record. It was justified." Or they're like, "Well, uh, if he would just listen to police, then he wouldn't have got shot. All lives matter." 
All lives matter. Blue lives matter. Blue lives matter. I just don't get it. I don't get it. But check this out, man. If, if and I'm not saying, listen to me, uh, white folks. I'm not saying all white folks like this and anything, but I'm just talking to the group who are trying to understand what it's like for us as black folks. I just don't get it. You know, it's like, help me understand. If, if you are white or not black and you're listening to this podcast, this is what goes on in my mind while I try to figure out what's going on. No, we say Black Lives Matter because this is not happening to any other race in America. Now, you don't see Hispanics being shot in the streets by police. You don't see Asians being shot in the street by police. You don't see Indians being shot in the street by police in America. No other ethnic group but blacks. Why is that? Why? I, I don't understand. Yet, we are still waiting for justice for Breonna Taylor. And it's been seven months. I don't get it. I don't understand. You know, like, Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter, it's nothing but a continuation of what we as black people have been crying out for for the past 400 plus years. And that's breaking the chains that America has put us in. I sit back and I try to figure out why we as black people go through what we go through right now. And I was sitting back thinking before I was doing this podcast uh, about some history. Now, a piece of history that I think could help explain to not only white people and people who aren't black, but even black people, to help us understand why we go through what we go through in America. And I'm going to take y'all back to 1857. The Dred Scott case. Dred Scott, he was a slave um, whose owner took him to live with him in Illinois and Wisconsin. And so what's key about that is at that time, pre-Civil War, Illinois and Wisconsin were free states. Um, before the Civil War, you had the northern states, which were considered free, and the Union. And the southern states were considered slavery and the Confederate. So while living in Illinois, uh, Dred Scott sued for his freedom. He was saying basically that since he was living in Illinois, and since Illinois was a free state, by definition, living in Illinois made him not a slave. Now, he had a good point. So, years later, his case found its way to the Supreme Court. To the Supreme Court of the land. The Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, after, finally, after uh, his case reached the court, Chief Justice Robert B. Taney from Maryland. Maryland was a slave state at the time. He handed down this verdict that he handed out this verdict that I really I, I really when I was writing this I couldn't put in the words how huge of impact his 
verdict was when it came to the Dred Scott case. I couldn't think of the words, but I am going to do my best to try to figure out what those words by the end of the podcast. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But this verdict, I feel he was speaking to everybody who questioned blacks place in America. Chief uh, Chief Justice Robert B. Taney ruled that, and I quote, black people have for more than a century been regarded as beings of an inferior order and altogether unfit to associate with the white race, either in social or political relations. And so far inferior that they had no rights which the white man was bound to respect and that the Negro might justly and lawfully be reduced to slavery for his benefit. End quote. Chief Justice Robert B. Taney said that 163 years ago. And that's just to give you an idea how America, like I said, 163 years ago, thought about black people. The Supreme Court of the United States once said that we black people are inferior and we had no rights which the white man was bound to respect. That ain't no conspiracy. That's an actual quote from an actual decision by the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Besides, besides Native Americans, no other race on American soul has been through what black people have been through it's not just the cops it's the system it's the system that was designed to keep us down so when you say black lives matter and all you want to do i don't say all you i'm not saying everybody the selected few all they want to do is downplay it and counter it with their own causes y'all are missing the point this is bigger than just police shooting blacks this is about what america has been doing to black people for 400 plus years that's keeping us down, keeping us down emotionally, keeping us down physically, keeping us down socially, and keeping us down politically. That's it. And speaking of politics, the elections are coming up. And right now, the Trump campaign will say and do anything to make you believe whatever they got to say and vote for them. I told you, he acting a fool. He's going to interfere with this election. They already, reports are already out. Uh, voter suppression. They're, bo- uh, they're blocking ballots. Uh, removing mailboxes. Uh, intimidating voters. Spreading, spreading false information. Trump telling folks to vote twice. Once by mail, once by person. So they're going to do, they're going to show out. They're going to do what they need to do to keep Trump in the office. But we got we to do our part though. Black folk. All this protesting don't mean enough. We ain't going to vote. Now check out our history. Our ancestors paid the price for us to have this opportunity to vote. Paid the price for us to make change. Frederick Douglass said, Slavery isn't abolished until the black man has the ballot. The father of the, the, father of the civil rights movement. He said that over 150 years ago. Our ancestors had to cover come so much. 
the black codes, literacy tests, being attacked by the KKK just to vote in America. And then back to the sacrifices made all the way through the civil rights movement just for us to have a voice. You know, the march on Selma, the march on Selma. We, we can't forget that. We got to do our part. You know, in uh, 2016, when Trump got in office, the black voter turnout rate declined for the first time in 20 years. Uh, it fell in um, black turn. It was 59.6% in 2016. But in 2012, the black voter turnout was at 66.6%. You know, I was listening to the Steve Harvey show the other day, and he was talking about how we as black people need to vote. And he was giving out all these numbers about how many different cities where blacks didn't uh, show up to vote. And he said in Atlanta, where I'm from, he said some half a million blacks in Atlanta didn't vote last election. And come on, ATL. I mean, I know that we still face massive disparities and inequalities when it comes to voting. But we got to try. We got to keep at it. We got to encourage and communicate. Hold each other accountable. Hey, ask your homies. Hey, dog, you registered to vote? If not, get them registered. Don't be scared. We owe it to our ancestors. The ones who were hung up by the tree by the KKK who wanted to vote. The ones who were terrorized. The ones who have crosses burned in their yard. The ones who were spit on. All because they wanted to vote. All because they want to be changed. We owe it to our ancestors who fought and paid away and died for us for the right to vote. So let's do it. Let's do it, black folks. White folks. If you if you want to bring change and hear us and help us black folks out, do what's right. Go to the ballots. Hey, and check this out. If you're an American and you live in Canada, you still can vote. You go to vote from abroad.org vote from abroad.org and if you are listening you know someone who is American who's on um, living outside the country tell them to go to this website for more information so they can find ways to request a ballot sure, I'm, feeling mine, I'm feeling mine out right now well now not right now but when this uh, podcast ends I'm feeling mine out Okay, let's do this. We got this. Hope y'all have enjoyed this episode. I'm appreciative for the time you've taken out a day to listen to me talk. As always, leave with an affirmation. Today's affirmation. I attract abundance in my life each and every day. I attract abundance in my life each and every day. If you haven't already, subscribe now so you don't miss an episode. If you want to holler at me, get at me on the ground at Marcus underscore Matez. I hope you have a great weekend. It's Labor Day weekend up here in Canada. What's up, Milk? My little, I'm up here with my son, Milk. We spend the weekend together. Say hi. 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 
We spend the weekend together. Labor Day weekend. Y'all be safe. Y'all be good. Always remember, be peace, be love, be happy. Until next episode, ride out. Thank you.